Women in White Coats is here to uplift women doctors just like you. Empowering you in your personal and professional life. I'm Dr. Amber Robbins. And I'm Dr. Archana Shrestha. We are doctors, best-selling authors, and the co-founders of Women in White Coats. Now, are you ready for a culture shift where women empower women? Join us to get a glimpse of what life is like as a woman doc. And guess what? You'll discover that you're not alone. We're here to give you positivity and keys to balancing your life. This is the Women in White Coats podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Archana Shrestha. I am one of the co-founders of the Women in White Coats and co-authors of the Chronicles of Women in White Coats. And I am so excited to be talking today with Dr. Anu Kathy Russin. And she is a physician who practices, she's an infertility specialist um, who practices at the Center for Reproductive Medicine in um, Houston. And she is also the Director of Patient Education and Fertility Preservation for the Center of Reproductive Medicine where she works. So we are really excited to have you on here today, Dr. Kathy Russin. And one of the things that we actually wanted to talk about is um, a recent blog article that you wrote for our blog, The Women in White Coats, about, um, it was called uh, Dr. Not Mrs. Um, Don't call me Mrs. I think is how we, uh, (laughs) it's doctor. I think that was an exact title of your blog. But um, anyway, we wanted to talk a little bit more about that because you are in a unique position where you are married to another physician. Mm -hmm. And um, so just wanted to kind of talk on that topic and hear your thoughts about what kind of led you to write about the topic of, you know, being how sometimes you're addressed as Mrs. instead of doctor. Yeah, well, first, thanks for having me. I really appreciated the invite. Um, But uh, so yeah, the inspiration of the story kind of started with me just wanting to share my experience um, being married to a physician and some of the kind of life challenges we experienced in in the course of our training. Um, Some of that was that we were separated for three years um, in our training. I was in California and he was in Florida. So um, we were on opposite sides of the coast uh, of the country, and um, we also had a kid uh, uh, while we were separated. So I was a single mom for eight months, and so I just thought the kind of, the story was unique and just something I you know wanted to share. And so that's where the initial inspiration came from. And then um, you know I was just kind of you know reading and thinking about gender disparities in the workplace around the same time, and you know just kind of thinking about um, instances where in my life where, you know, I'm mistaken as a missus, um, the kind of two, um, you know, scenarios that came to mind were like on wedding invitations where, you know, from my husband's colleagues where it says doctor and missus and they know he's married to a physician. <laughs> so, you know, things like that or at his work party um, where they just, they assume I'm his wife and, you know, I'm like, no, I'm a physician too. So scenarios like that and it just kind of became a, um, uh, blog talking about, well, then I kind of sat back and thought about it was interesting in the sense that I think uh, in our training, I made a lot of sacrifices um, and like some of which were um, when I chose residency, um, 
he was an early match. So he determined where we were going to match. And I really wanted to do infertility. And so I really wanted to go to a program where there was an REI fellowship. And of course, he matched at a place where there was no REI fellowship. So then I had to, you know, decide did I want to follow him or not. And um, so, I, you know, I kind of made a sacrifice a little bit in my career choice and did follow him. And then um, also what I already spoke about where, you know, we were separated and I had a kid. So I felt like I made a lot of sacrifices in my, the course of my training. And then it's funny that I'm the one that's mistaken as the missus. And so that's kind of um, where the inspiration came from. Yeah, I mean, I think that especially after all the years of training, that, you know, for your husband to be called doctor, he did a lot of training too. I know he's a neurosurgeon. I don't know if we've mentioned that already, but you did as well. And I mean, how many years of training was it for you? So for me, it was seven and for him, it was nine. So he did um, two fellowships actually, and they were um, additional one year each. So he did nine years and um, we both uh, have passed all our board exams, but I was required to actually take four um, because I had to do general OBGYN and also my subspecialty in fertility. So I had to take a written and oral exam for both. And he actually only had to do two oral, or sorry, two uh, board exams. Um, so I kind of um, give him a hard time that I took more. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think overall we did similar amounts of training and exams and everything. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how does that make you feel, though, when, you know, you put in all those years of training and, you know, obviously your husband did, too. However, I mean, in the eyes of other people, like he's being regarded as instead of Mr. and Mrs. It'd be one thing if you're both called Mr. and Mrs. on an invitation. But when he's right. called doctor and you're called Mrs., how does that make you feel? So initially I was frustrated with that and um, it was funny because I guess it's happened so often now that um, I had become complacent to it because I felt like at some point it became the norm, you know, that um, it would say doctor and missus and, um, and when I thought about it, um, when a friend of mine would invite me um, to a wedding, they would get it right. You know, they would say Dr. Catherison and Dr. Johnson. And um, we actually, you know, don't have the same last name because I didn't take his name. But I used to get excited when, you know, when it was actually correct. And um, so that's kind of, you know, how I, uh, the evolution of how I felt about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And does it happen often then that, um, so it sounds like more like his family or friends are the ones kind of making that mistake. Yeah, you know, and it's, I, it may not be necessarily intentional, you know, maybe like the secretaries or something like that, that are um, putting together the invites. And, you know, that's why it ends up getting missed. But, um, but yeah, it happens, you know, fairly, uh, fairly frequently when it's um, his work <laughs> related, um, in terms of work parties and, um, and invitations and that type of thing. Um, my friends, not so much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think also, um, especially when, you know, you have a male physician, you know, maybe even because he's a surgeon, their, ex their expectation almost is, is that there's somebody at home taking care of the kids and who's not, doesn't have a career, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. That may be kind of maybe what is more commonly seen. And maybe that is part of the bias that you are seeing. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? So I do think that um, 
you know, back in the day, it was more men in um, medical school, men applying to medical school, and the woman was perceived as the wife that, you know, would stay home or, or, or have another role of some sort. Um, so I think that that idea is changing because now we see more women um, becoming the majority in terms of um, applicants to medical school. So maybe with time, we'll see a change in that. Um, but yeah, I think that was a um, assumption um, from, you know, kind of traditional norms. And so it's hopefully something that will change. Yeah. So what do you think is kind of like the larger implication of all of that? You know, um, this kind of assuming that the woman is staying home and not doesn't have a career of her own or that your husband isn't also married to a doctor, you know? Um, yeah, I would say that um, it's important, I think, as you know, medicine is changing and as more women are entering the field that we acknowledge that and that we acknowledge that the woman is just as um, capable as a physician and as a surgeon. Um, so I think that that's something that's important and hopefully with time that that will change and evolve. So, Yeah, definitely. And um, so what are some of the challenges, you know, that you guys have faced being in a dual physician family? And like here on Women in White Coats, we talk a lot about lifestyle and I think a lot of um, women who are considering going into medicine are really curious about the lifestyle and how we balance it all. And it certainly is possible, right? I, I saw it a lot in my own medical school class where um, people met their, their future spouse in medical school. So um, I'm sure you saw that a lot as well, that there were a lot of dual physician families. So what are some of the both challenges that come up with that as well as the, you know, maybe some pluses that come along with having a dual physician family? Um, so I would say some of the challenges is that, so my husband and I are pretty subspecialized. And so, um, you know, we followed our passions and, you know, we have no regret with that, but we did um, encounter challenges with being so subspecialized. Um, Cause like, for example, in our training where we had to spend time apart because where it was good for me to train wasn't necessarily good for him and vice versa. And um, same thing with finding a job. So um, it can be a challenge um, the other things that come to mind in terms of challenges are just balancing the household. Um, we've had the, um, the luxury of having my parents live with me for the last, um, about 22 months. And that was amazing. We have three, uh, little ones. They're four and a half, three and 22 months right now. And, um, my parents actually just left cause you know, they kind of hit their time limit <laughs> on helping. So, um, we're super grateful for, you know, their help, but, um, are realizing now, you know, um, more so, you know, than before the, the struggles of balancing the household. And so, um, you know, thankfully, you know, my husband's, um, so he does, um, uh, vascular neurosurgery. So he takes care of strokes and things like that in the middle of the night. So his schedule is um, more demanding and middle of the night type stuff. So um, thankfully my schedule is more um, clinic. And so I'm able to balance the kind of home stuff more. Um, and so, I mean, it's still something that we're not experts at by any means, but, um, but we're able to balance that because I, I'm kind of the more flexible one in terms of uh, the work schedule. Um, and then in having young kids, childcare is always, um, uh, can be a challenge, um, especially when you want to do a date night and spending time with your spouse, 
can be a challenge um, when he's, you know, tired and had middle of the night procedures all week. So um, finding time for your spouse, um, juggling call schedules, his call schedule, my call schedule, who's going to watch the kids, you know, these are kind of the challenges we face. So, um, but we just do our best to communicate. I try and weekly communicate like on Sundays, what's your schedule like so that I can try and plan things out more. Even finding time for like gym and errands can be a challenge because somebody's got to juggle the kids somewhere. So um, we just try and communicate once a week before the week starts so we know um, who's where and we can kind of plan things more in advance. And also once every three months, we try and if we want to try and plan a vacation or um, a weekend away and, you know, uh, I think communication and planning are, are key. Um, yeah, definitely. And so I guess in terms of your other question, um, or um, did you want to stop me? Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll just talk about uh, benefits maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I would say um, some of the pros are um, the duplication of salaries is, is helpful in the sense like if something were to happen to me or him, you know, having the um, reassurance that, you know, somebody else can be the backup, you know, for, you know, God forbid one of us becomes disabled or something like that, you know, so having that reassurance is um, definitely something we um, are grateful for. Um, and when we went through training, you know, that can be a very rigorous, demanding, you know, lifestyle. And so I think having somebody else that has been through it can understand, you know, um, there are times where I haven't seen him in three days and it's, you know, something that, you know, I know he's working and I know he's busy and I know he would be at home if he could. And so I'm understanding of, of that, you know, so I think um, when someone else has gone through it, you know, that can help. Um, and I think it's cool also for the kids to just see mom and dad both as working physicians. You know, I think that's also a pro that they see that, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. I could see, um, yeah, you guys can relate to each other and what you're going through and when, um, whether it's a difficult patient or being on call and what's that like, or maybe difficult interactions with staff or whatever it may be. I think that that is definitely a plus because you guys can relate, you know, and know what it's like to go through that. Exactly. So, um, you know, I just was one last question I wanted to ask you is about your article that you wrote. And I know you started a hashtag campaign called, um, Dr. Not Mrs. And I was just curious how that went and what was the, what were some of the other stories that were shared as a result of that? Because I think basically the idea was for people who are also dual physician families to write their story and share their story on social media. Mm -hmm. So I, it was interesting. Um, I really wasn't sure how it would be perceived and I felt like um, the response I got kind of fell into two categories. And um, so one was people that were equally frustrated, you know, with being mistaken as Mrs. Um, and not doctor, especially in, you know, professional settings. Um, and then I felt like there was a whole other kind of group who really embraced both titles. And some even suggested changing the hashtag to Dr. and Mrs. Um, which I actually thought, you know, I could totally relate to that too. Um, but it was funny, everything can be perceived differently by different people. So some people, Dr. and Mrs. 
perceived that as still the wedding invitation, right? And that's being the doctor as the male and then the um, missus as the woman. So I ended up just going with the hashtag that um, was my initial inspiration for the blog. And so that was the doctor, not missus. Um, but I did think it was interesting and kind of cool that there were so many different um, takes on it and um, perceptions on it. And so I thought that was, you know, great for um, just uh, increasing the conversation uh, about it and that there's not, you know, a right or wrong with it really anyway. Um, so, but yeah, some of the other stories that people um, shared were things like um, being in uh, a practice where it was maybe mostly men and the woman would be called by her first name, whereas the men were called doctor. Um, uh, situations maybe where there's a team of people and the woman was perceived as uh, any other person of the team except the doctor, you know, or that was maybe the last thing that they were thought to be when they're actually maybe, you know, running the whole team. So um, those were the type of stories that um, I encountered. And I thought it was really, you know, really inspirational to see kind of the um, the response, you know, so I, I really was, you know, happy to see that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that this gender disparity is still very alive and well um, in this day and age, unfortunately, and we need to definitely, I love that you started that campaign to kind of raise awareness that like, yeah, you can be a doctor and a missus or, you know, in certain situations, you are the doctor and not the missus, you know, kind of like for me, I am a doctor as well. I'm married to a non-physician. But um, in my personal life, I'm very fine being called Mrs., you know, but if anybody at work thought call me Mrs. instead of doctor while they're calling all the rest of the people doctor, the, all the other physicians doctors, I, it would definitely really, you know, bother me because like you said, we've done the training as well. But I think it just was such a good um, hashtag campaign to do and just a great article that you wrote because it really just raises awareness that, you know, as women, we can wear multiple different hats and of course have successful careers as physicians. Um, and, you know, I thought that that was such a great um, campaign and just a, a way to raise awareness and, and to hopefully also help, you know, change this disparity and kind of the perspective that people have and the stereotype that of the male physician. And like you said, the medical schools are changing where there are now majority women enrolling in medical schools. So hopefully more and more people will see that, you know, that we could be the stereotype too, that women doctors are the stereotype hopefully one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks so much, Dr. Kathy Russin. This was fabulous and it was so great to talk with you. And um, we look forward to reading more from you and hearing more from you on the Women in White Coats blog. Oh, great, I can't wait. Thank you so much again for the opportunity. You're welcome. Have a great rest of your day. Okay, you too, bye-bye. Hi there, Women Docs. We hope you've been loving this podcast and feel uplifted at the end of each and every episode. If so, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a five-star rating and write us a positive review. Those reviews help us get the word out and help uplift and empower more women doctors. But you know what? We'd love to meet up with you in person. So head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com and sign up to become a member of our supportive tribe. When you do, you will be the first to hear about meetups in your area as well as upcoming live events. You'll also get our latest blog articles and podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. 
and you'll be the first to find out about the next time we open up our virtual doctor's lounge, an online membership community created just for women doctors, where each month we run masterclasses with guest experts and masterminds on topics relevant to women doctors. While you're on our website, womeninwhitecoats.com, order your copy of our number one best-selling book, The Chronicles of Women in White Coats. Oh, and be sure to follow us on social media too. On Instagram, you'll find us at Women in White Coats blog. And on Facebook, you can find us at Women in White Coats. Can't wait to meet up soon.